everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 160 for November 28th, 2018. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make Build Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Brunson, Keith Decent, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Mike Jeffco, Jim Bashirs, Brad Dudenhofer, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Barry Custom, Creator Nader, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. What? Uh, what are we? How are you? How are? How you doing, gentlemen? Good. Good. Tired. Very, very good. Good. Tired. Okay. What are we working on? Let's go with. Let's go with Bill this week. Bill, what are you working on? Same I stuff. A, I have a sneaking suspicion. Yep. Same yeah, stuff sorry. last week. Okay. <laughs> are you plugging away? Are you making progress? Uh, a little bit. I mean, it's just right now because they're in the middle of construction and the weather hasn't been all that great. Um, I'm just not worried about it. I'm. I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to be able to slide everything I need to get done done before they open. That's all I care about. So I'm I'm plugging away. It's just a little okay. bit here and there. Yeah. So just for uh, any new listeners, I'm not sure that we have any, but if for any new listeners, what is it are, that you're plugging away at? Oh, so um, my wife is moving her hair salon from point A to point B, and um, that requires new stuff. And uh, since I built all the fixtures and furnishings for the last salon, I will be building or upcycling stuff from the old salon to the new salon, reclaiming okay. upcycling stuff. So yeah, I'm building shelves and desks and stations and sinks and stuff, all kinds of stuff, picture frames. Awesome. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Tim Sway. For those who are new to the podcast, what the heck are you working on? What are you doing over there? Um, I just finished up. I made a quick uh, fake barn door, like out of reclaimed wood for uh, a local person's house. And I didn't have to worry about, you know, usually when people put those barn doors on the interior, they have the, the hardware that it, like it hangs on a rail and it's on wheels. I didn't have to do any of that because it's just supposed to kind of cover a spot on the wall they wanted to hide. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just hung it on a French cleat. So it was like super easy. Uh, and they can just take it off the French cleat if they need. It's like a there's a door behind there, like access to their basement, but it's ugly and they wanted to just hide it, you know. Right. And they, they only use it like once a year because they have other access. It's like where the Bilko door used to be, because um, <clears throat> it, it was like a an addition on the house. But uh, yeah, so I did that. Um, tomorrow I'm gonna knock out real quick. It's a, a little. Um, it's just made out of plywood. It's not actually reclaimed. Uh, a stand that's for a woman who does like uh, trade shows. She sells like fair trade. Um, bags from guatemala and stuff like that like kind of one of those kind of craft show type people and uh she sent me a picture of this which i might make for myself too for future guitar shows it's like a stand that folds up real easy and becomes like a little desk uh like kind of cash register thing i'm gonna knock that out um so a couple little things like that going on uh i have um a guitar i'm working on for a client a left-handed guitar and uh uh which is always fun you know and a little little different and a little daunting though because it's more difficult for me to play it you know um and uh i think that's about it right now doing some uh, some like kind of production of little stuff I, t- I stocked up my etsy store a little bit for the holiday season and uh you know now i'm starting to package some of that stuff up and sell some of that cool so you know that i was uh, looking for any uh spork chillas <laughs> <laughs> who isn't frankly <laughs> who isn't looking for a spork chilla Right. You know, speaking of barn doors, I, um, I I have to make a couple for the salon, and one of them is going to be for the bathroom door, and then we're trying to find out what the ADA compliance for that will be, and it may be that it needs mm. an automatic closer. Mm. Um, and I'm like, you know, honey, I don't know if that there is such a thing. I, I don't know of a automatic closer that wouldn't be, like, electric or expensive for, like, a barn door type thing. And um, I'll be darned if my wife didn't find one. And uh, so we're looking into that. But there actually is a non-electrical. It's just kind of picture a, uh, a belt-driven garage door opener type thing. But 
one end has got this little wind-up, almost like a tape measure size spring. So when you open it, it'll kind of stop, and all you got to do is just give it a little shove, and it'll close automatically, nice and okay. slow. And it'll and so it'll work on that sliding barn door system. Yeah, still, it's it's but literally ADA compliant. Yeah, so and it, and it works on um, the examples that they show are like huge pieces of glass hanging doors, almost like a grocery store type door. Yeah. Um, so the weight thing is not going to be an issue. I'm just like, wow, okay. So she's looking into it, but it may not be applicable to a sliding door that you actually need a self-closer because the idea is that on if somebody in a wheelchair rolls up to a door, you have to open the door, roll yourself mm. in. If the door doesn't close automatically, you now have to turn around, go back out, and grab the door and try and back up to get the door closed. That's why mm -hmm. they need an automatic right. closer. With a sliding door, I don't know that that would be a an issue so there may not be a, a compliance for that well they still have to turn around though and which could be difficult no you not if it closes no if you if you wheel yeah. up to the door imagine you reach across you slide it open you wheel yourself in you're already on one yeah. side so you're going to go turn towards the uh the commode anyway and you just take your hand and close the door i don't yeah. i yeah. don't it's it's i don't know that it but it but i don't know california's got a whole lot of stuff but anyway, that was just weird. I didn't think there was such a thing. And sure enough, my wife found, just like you would put on a regular door, they make a, a closer for a sliding uh, barn-style door. You know what you could hmm. do? And that I have seen on old-school doors is counterweight. a counterweight. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought about that. A lot of windows use that with the sash and everything with the weights on yeah, one side. Houses. But that's that's yeah. a lot of engineering and design to get that to where it doesn't either slam shut or it's not heavy enough. You've got you to go still inside need a spring. the wall. Yeah, you've I mean, to, it's... it's yeah. like, it would look you, cool, though. Super to cool. To, to, an exposed counterweight. Yeah. yeah. There I was a know. furniture store that I went to go visit that had it as like a... I don't remember why there was that door, but it was like an original... Because uh -huh. it used to be a bank or something, and so one of the safety deposit rooms had this door, and man, was it cool! So I remember seeing them on like, um, like, uh, like in warehouses where you would have like a refrigerator or a freezer yes. way back yes. in the day. Yep. You'd open the yep. door and it would close automatically because you don't want the ice to melt or whatever. That's when you had to actually put blocks of ice in to keep your food cold. Mm. Yep. Like in a walk-in type. Yeah. So I know those exist, but I'm just trying to. Trying to imagine the simplicity of trying to get this thing done on top of everything else, I'm just like, eh. yeah. I tell you what, if if I won the lottery, yeah, <laughs> here we go. That would that would be something I wouldn't mind spending some time figuring out. If I was going to have hmm. a podcast, I would name it that. That's an amazing title. I like that. <laughs> I hate you both. So, <laughs> uh, since you didn't ask Phil, me, I'm going to ask. What are you working on? I, yeah. You didn't give me a chance. Yeah, I give you many chances. <laughs> Well, Got nothing but chance. I can vouch. Uh, Phil has given out lots of chances for me. That's for sure. <clears throat> We're gonna breeze right past that. And Phil, uh, what are you working on? Actually, I took two days off last week, Wednesday and Thursday, to catch up on Etsy orders and to build out a little mudroom area um, in my garage for my kids to be able to come in with their snow pants and snow suits and wet boots and all that stuff. So um, I built this cool little bench for the kids so that they can sit on top of one of those like uh, all-season carpets that we put down and they can take off all their stuff. And I built these little, um, I guess they're big pegs, and you can put your boots on them upside down so that then mm. you know they stay dry and everything gets coming off and hooked for all their stuff. And I didn't make a video because I really had to get it done, but... I'm really proud of the little bench that I made. I thought that came out really well. And uh, and I, I made that out of Reclaimed. Actually, I was saving it for a long time. Like, I knew it was going to be a bench. I actually thought that it was going to be something a little bit different. I was going to make it for my for my mother-in-law for her closet. And I was going to do mortise and tenon. And I was going to make it all fancy. But uh, this actually was too perfect for what I needed for the kids. So I just made it with... Uh, actually, I just made it with screws and, and dowel plugs of a contrasting wood. And they came out really well but i think what i'll do is i'll take a picture of it and put it on instagram later because i really liked it and uh that's that's what i did last week i think did i do anything else whiskey boxes i made from some did i say this last week that i made them from like furniture grade maple instead of pallets yeah. man was that that was fun but the lids i still had to make out of like thicker pine so 
didn't really. I sh- probably should have laminated up some of the maple to make the thicker top, but I didn't do that. So it was a weird experience trying to balance out and color match because pine and maple don't take stain the same way. Yeah, maple is difficult to stain. Yeah, well, I used a pre conditioner or whatever, but that part came out well. But it wasn't. Uh, it didn't match. Anyways, the pine came out way darker because it absorbs more of the more of the color. Eh, whatever. Mm. They know what they're getting. And I think that's about it. So, <laughs> what does what does that mean? They know what they're getting. It's a reclaimed product. Yeah. You know, there is no like it's not paint, right? So you're not going to get perfect color uniformity. You know, uh, there's if it's Douglas fir, if it's spruce, or if it's pine, or it's maple, it's all going to take stain differently. Um, you know, if it's more if it's more uh, grain, if it's more the light color grain versus the dark color grain, it's going to absorb stain differently. Every single one is different, so there's very little mm-hmm. I can do as far as getting a consistent color pattern. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is offer the best product I can given the material, and that's what they're that's what they're after. So, so far, no complaints. This sounds like another example of you just being hypercritical of yourself. I bet they're going to love it. And you know what? You're probably right. You're probably right. Now, if I had all the money in the world, if I gained it through some kind of a fiduciary windfall, so it were, would I continue? All to say, this is our topic. If you had all the money in the world, if you just won a Mega Millions or a Powerball or some kind of a very large jackpot, <laughs> would you? How, wait, how, how big of a jackpot? Well, not yeah, some what are we talking? stupid $50,000 jackpot. I'm talking like a $100 million jackpot. So you don't have to. You're, you're set for the rest of your life. All you have to do oh, is yeah. make. Yeah. You don't have to do anything but get up and, and do your thing, Playboy. Whatever you want to do. Okay. Right? So the question is, and I pose it to you, Bill, and to you, Tim, and to you, the listener. Would you continue to use reclaimed material given that money is now no longer an object for you? I would just hire Tim Sway to make everything for me. <laughs> Wait, do we both... Did we both get jackpots or only one of us? No, no, just, just me. So, so in this to world, be fair, I have a, a feeling, knowing the generosity that is t- Bill Lutz, if he won a jackpot, we would each win a tiny little jackpot. That's me. That's me hinting. Um, so, yeah, but you notice how he left himself out of that, though? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, if you were to win the jackpot, yeah, goodbye. Bye, guys. Enjoy the podcast. It's yours no, no, now. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say goodbye like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even bother saying goodbye. All right, all right, That's so a good point. Seriously. I give it the old Irish goodbye. Yes. So, so I would, I would say absolutely would I still continue to reclaim, but it would be way different. The dumpster diving may be no longer happening, but the shopping at nice reclaimed lumber yards might become... Uh, much more. Remember, not too long ago, I said my trip to a reclaimed lumber, lumber yard was so expensive, it was ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, I think there'd be some changes. Um, but then again, I don't care how much money I got or what I'm driving. If I see something that I can't help myself sometimes to go pick stuff up off the side of the road. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't envision that, that, that. That's a good compromise. I didn't really even think about that when I thought of the topic. I was thinking that it was more black and white. Like, either... You are buying Coco Bolo and Wangi and, you know, an Ebony or you're picking up stuff from the side of the road. I totally forgot about the notion of being able to buy Reclaimed, which, right. you know, really is a great middle ground for all of our we- wealthy, uh, patri- all of our jackpot winners. That, yeah, well, you absolutely can continue to support the message, um, you know, by... Even if even if you're do, yeah. even if you're not buying reclaimed, maybe you're buying from a local Matt uh, Cremona, a guy that mills his own lumber, and you're supporting him. That you know the little shop down the street that normally you you wouldn't go to just because you couldn't afford it, but now you can because uh, that would be wonderful. Mitchell Dillman is another one. He's he runs a sawmill and he tries to get as much of his lumber from wildfires and stuff through in Colorado that have happened. There's plenty of stock, but he he mills all that stuff, man. He's he's not only welding stuff together, making cool furniture, but he's he's uh he's a, a lumber mill guy he's a what do you what would you got miller i guess that's a miller. sawyer 
a Sawyer. He's Sawyer. a Sawyer. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I mean, having that ability to do that. What about opening up your own, investing in that? Yeah, I probably would do that, but I'd also probably FedEx myself some ebony from Africa. So you know, I balance things out. You know, keeping it. <laughs> well, what is I don't know, but is there a possibility to find expensive um, exotic woods that are not like new? You know what I mean? Reclaim oh yeah, exo- I, I do. Wait, what do you think is an expensive exotic that you are reclaiming? Ebony. Yeah, I was going to say because because you're getting the little bits from the piano. Yeah, yeah, I think we're. But there's also there's also dining tables that rich people have, and then they you know and stuff like that out of all these nice woods. I mean mahogany and right. kumaru decking. I got. I mean maybe it's not ebony, but yeah, you know we we shouldn't be using ebony no matter how rich we are. Agree <laughs> to disagree. When I'm this rich, you don't tell me what to do. Okay, Tim Sway. I'll tell you the one I don't thing think I, I would tell you what to do now. <laughs> the, the one thing I would use more new of, uh, I I have to admit, would be metal. Mm. Clean yes. metal to start off with uh, when you're welding stuff together is so much better than chomping up bed frames and grinding off the edges back a couple inches. And I know Tim's like he's shaking his head right now, but I'm just like, oh no, most of the most of the metal I get's new. Yeah, I mean it's all it's cutoffs because I buy it from the cutoff barn, so it's all, you know. And I, I'm bummed when that stuff's rusty. I'm like, oh man, yeah. I buy that stuff. I mean, bed frames are cool and all, but getting that paint off and oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah, and like metal reclaims really easy, and th- I mean recycles really easy, right? They'll just mm-hmm. you could just drop that off and they can remelt it. No, put it into a foundry. Like this is that not- I don't know. Well, yeah, they, that's what they do. I mean, the, the scrap yards, that's, those guys are scrapping that metal and it's getting refabricated in the new metal, you know, recycled just like your soda can or whatever. But, uh, I mean, obviously that industry is, is a pollutant unto itself. It's better to reuse, to re- and it's reduced, reuse, recycle. They're in that order for a reason, you know. But metal uh, also biodegrades. Uh, yeah, iron. Iron is a, you know, all those, for the most part, it will rust and return to the earth. Aluminium, not no, so much. No. Stainless steel, not so much. But like the, yeah, the alloys and stuff. But um, yeah, but like coal rolled steel, that'll disappear. It is on my truck. <laughs> you know, it's disappearing every day. Yeah. yeah. So. Pour it's, a can of soda on top of it, it'll disappear. <clears throat> hmm. It's fascinating to hear this because I'm... I'm trying to work something out to get myself a welder. So I've been watching, like I told you last week, I've been watching a lot of these welding videos. So I was, I actually put the the feeler out at work. I was like, if anybody's throwing out a bed frame, oh, don't get me come, wrong, you, it is the cheapest. Phil. It is the cheapest way to get yourself some very strong angle iron. I don't know if it's yeah. a w- different iron than normal iron, but it's strong. It's so, very high it's, carbon yeah, or very low carbon. I can't remember which one it is that I, makes I it know. more difficult to weld. It's it's not yeah. difficult to weld. It's just a good strong just, angle iron. It's, to, it's difficult to, to use. cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, but but once you cut it, you don't have to like strip all the paint off. But you do have to clean up the edge where you're going to weld it. You know, go right. back a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and you will get to know what how amazingly that's got to be some powder coated baked on monster paint because y- yep. you'll know what a bed frame smells like when you're welding it for the first time. Yeah. You go, yeah. wow, oh, there's some stuff. Yeah. It's not spray paint. No. No, it's... Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so now now the now the headliner. Tim, what would change for you? Well, I would, I would double down on what I'm doing um, because I would have the resources to do it. Um, it. For me, it wouldn't be about... I mean, there'd be the making thing. Uh, so as far as that side goes, uh, I don't have to worry about selling what I made anymore. So now right. I could just really get total crap and just experiment with it which is what i really like to do i like to see you know how much polish and how much shine i can get on a turd you know that's like what i'm into and if i don't have to worry about selling it then that's great but that money would go into setting up industry uh the 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 industry of making this way uh, you know if because i don't what am i going to do i'm going to you know buy a solid gold rocket car and a solid gold house i have no need or or want or desire for any of this stuff so all of that money would go into setting up other other people to you know, like have their own manufacturing setups, you know, setting up a, an industry of selling the reclaimed materials, getting people out there, deconstructing barns and deconstructing buildings and saving the material, paying for that. And I would have the ability to run at a loss because I just like, you know, it's $100 million, whatever, just keep running it until it, until it sustains itself. You know, I wouldn't have to worry about turning a profit. 
um, so I could be you know get that industry going uh, to get people not going to the box store but going to my store instead because it's like the same price or less uh, for the stuff that's eco-friendly you know what I mean or it's like or finding the, the Cremonas of the world the, Mac- the all the local sawyers and, and getting their wood stocked up cleaned up so it looks just like the stuff that's at the box stores and, you know or, or the woodcrafts where it's you know s4s and ready to go so it's not like oh I, I want to buy from this guy but it's rough sawn and I don't have a joint or a planer you know what I mean? I mm-hmm. get get those guys going. I'd be like, here, here's here's a kid. You're gonna pay him fifty thousand dollars a year, and here's the tools, and he's gonna set this stuff up, and he's gonna put it in this store, and he's gonna sell it at this price, and and just let it go. And I think that I could probably, like I said, I wouldn't have to worry about turning a profit for a decade. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you just burn well, that money. Well, depending through. upon and, the and, windfall, you may not ever have to worry about turning a profit. Yeah, I mean, if it's a billion, like one of these like billion dollar yeah. things, and uh, so that way I could I could totally double down and give give back. And uh, I'm not a businessman. I I'd hire someone to do all that stuff, so I could just go garbage pick again. Hey, Mr. Billionaire, I am available. Should you? I would I would consider hiring you, but I know that there are those international things we have to deal with. Well, so. you could afford it, you billionaire. Um, hey, uh, speaking of welders, I was just chatting with uh, Paul. I, he's coming up my way next yeah. week. And he said, uh, I can bring Phil's, that welder up if you want to get it to Phil somehow. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk to, about that because I might have something. I'm actually working with a company right now. So let oh, me good, see good. what hap- comes through with that for like a real MIG. Okay. Speaking of which, real quick, um, Marsh Wildman, our friend and supporter of the community in general, he had a pretty cool video where he found a Millermatic 130, which is the welder I have at work, at a yeah. scrapyard. And really? the... Uh, tore it apart yeah he basically tore it apart cleaned it. it it was missing like the cables and stuff so he bought the uh the gun off of ebay for like 50 bucks and put a power cord on it and it worked just fine so it's was, huh. it was, it was a neat little video that he did he mark marsh is he's like one of those guys that can find fix and uh do anything fabricating wise but that was pretty cool that is cool hmm, hmm. it was very cool so just check just go to the dump phil that's all you got to do like, why am I even wasting time here? I could be at the dump uh, picking through garbage. Yeah, I yeah. know. Now you now you got the billions in the bank, so you don't have to worry about going to work. What's your What's your deal, buddy? I mean, you already said that you're gonna go to Forest Africa and enslave some people to cut down rare exotic trees. Whoa, what are you gonna whoa, do in your spare whoa, time? Whoa, whoa, whoa! I would pay them a fair wage to deforest their country. But uh, <laughs> no, I. You know what? I think I would. I like your idea of uh, you know the cottage industry franchise business that you were talking about i would i would go into talks with you potentially <laughs> to license your name but then turn it into a viable business um and then and then eat the rich and you know and <laughs> you know and then, but then, be, I, then I would the really get into woodworking and and metalworking and i would i get like private tutors and i'd pay people to come and really teach me how to become like a master of these crafts and really enjoy myself and like all every single project I've worked on right now has always been like hurry up hurry up hurry up gotta get this done so I can't go deep into the things that I'd love to be able to do like really slow it down okay let's do some mortise and tenon joinery let's do some dovetail joinery let's you know like really go in deep with that stuff but you know what I mean you got the time to do it like just do it if I had eight hours a day to do whatever I wanted you know what I mean like I could work on the carcass of, you know, some kind of a fixture, you know, for a month at a time to come out with some kind of a beautiful piece. Mm. Instead, now it's like, oh, let me get some three-inch screws into this thing and hide them with some plugs and, you know, I got to fit. Literally, I built the bench in 30 minutes. You know what I mean? I'll just, oh, I'll put a chamfer bit in my router and just, uh, I'll make it look pretty. You know what I mean? So, it's mm. like, that's what I would love. I think that's what the, it would buy me mo- more than anything would be time. Nice. Yeah. Really... Yeah enjoy what well, that's that that's the most important thing that was the first thing i thought when you proposed a topic i was like oh it's it doesn't change my life at all except for the fact that i don't have to worry about making money which means i have time you know yeah also you know your mansion would be more comfortable than the current mansion you live in i don't god i don't want to move i'm not gonna like, i guess i could afford to hire movers but then they're gonna be like do you want to save this do you what do you want this i don't want to deal with that Leave the stuff here. Well, let's for the let's say you person. could you could modestly upgrade your current situation without having to move anything anywhere. Who are you talking to right now? 
Both of you. Yeah. Well, Tim, like instead of having a shop that oh, you I'm have moving. to drive to, you could build a nice shop at your house. You know, so I find out the land for that, but uh, then buy, you the buy person, up all your buy, neighbors, yeah, Tim. buy the guy next door, turn his lot into that. Sounds like a really good idea. I could buy the neighbor's house and just turn it into a shop, yeah. right? You, what you yeah, do is like you go up idea. to him, you hand him a blank check, and you write, you say, put down a number on this, you have 30 days to get out. No, you don't do it like that. Yes, you talk you do. to him and you That's say, listen, how a baller I'd, does it. I'd like to pay you market or double market for your house. Give them an opportunity. Uh, here's and, a number. Get out. My wife my wife is going to be listening to the screaming at the radio going, what do you mean? We're moving to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, we your, little, remember your little uh, pineapple mm. cart workshop living on the beach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's when I get older, though. I'm not ready for that yet. I still like all my big tools. You, you know? still have I mean, to like, save, up a, save up for Leatherman. Save up for Leatherman. Wasn't that going to be like your Rolodex of tools was going to be the Leatherman? So it was a multi-tool? I, well, I just keep making my own multi-tools. Eventually, I'll get to one that's all I need, and right, then I'll well, be done. You'll have a cart of multi-tools. Yeah. A multi-multi-tool. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that's, that's what I, I... And I would love the ability to, like really create a space kind of i guess kind of like a la what jimmy's doing big land big shop have like rotating groups of people coming up and like and then and then paying like a master craftsman like i don't know pay a tony rulo to come and give like a machining seminar you know what i mean and have like five five axis machines up there and you know and then part of it would be that he would have to spend some personal time with me and teach me how to do it see Mm. i'm the opposite i would not want to have everybody at my house but i would be spending more time at jimmy's learning when he when he offers those classes it would give me that opportunity because i'm thinking i've never really owned a real home before like owned on my own i've I've had a townhouse or two and some mobile homes but uh buying a piece of property that has a nice like an old craftsman style Victorian style house that I can go through and make sure everything's in tip top shape. So I have to worry about that. And then building the shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you two can come visit, but I don't want to host like events and stuff there. You know, well, this mean? would be like, this would be more like on a Jimmy style property where, you know, where I could build it out and then I just, you know, have I, I'm trying to get away house. from all the people. I don't, I, I want to be able to go visit yeah. a bunch of people and then leave. I don't, I'm, yeah. I'm tired it's of just having one of the houses, you know, that's not my, I'm with every day. <laughs> it's not my everyday I don't even house. need like the fancy, I don't even need the fancy shop, man. Just like a nice Quonset hut or something. You know, one of those corrugated metal buildings put up. I would do know, something like that. It doesn't have to be anything. I don't be anything fancy or beautiful. I just want a space so I can go rummage, d- bring the dumpster and dump it on the middle of the floor. I, I think it would be stuff, done you know? maybe to make a, a a great, not a great big shop, but a really big shop out of uh, shipping containers or the Kwanzaa hut, you know, yeah. something like that. But, be, well, I love Kwanzaa hut. But, but make yeah. it like totally self-sufficient, insulated, heated properly, solar, all that good oh, yeah. stuff. Do an, do an yeah. earth ship shop. You know what I mean? There you uh, go. That would yeah. be so awesome. I would yeah. do a spag style Arizona shop. You're in Arizona now? No, but that's where his where he had that shop. Right now he's in his garage. I don't want that. Oh, I want right. like a separate yeah. like an outbuilding. Yeah. Yeah. Where noise yeah. can be contained and you know, and dust collection yeah. can be contained and all that stuff. Yeah, okay, that's I would invest in better dust collection. I would I would pay for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I would like to go inside, like, my house and not have to, like, do the shake off my clothes dance. Yeah, see, I think even if I had all the proper, I'd still end up dirty, though. It's just the way I am. Like, I just... Yeah, me too. You know? I, I, I don't I'm, just, think... I'm just, I'm elbows in, man. I can't, I can't help it, you know? See, right now, if you look, if you look over this shoulder with my right shoulder, basically all of those tools have to roll out of the way for me to get to my new toolbox. Yep. Hmm. You know, you want to do have better to do that. that if you want a jackpot. Yeah. Correct. Size so one. I would I would have a bigger shop, um, and like I said, it would be it would be to invite friends over. You know, and maybe above the shop could be a guest apartment. You know, that would be fun too. Something small no. like that, intimate. You know? <laughs> or a bowling alley, or no, or a bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it would be really fun to to just go out and you know explore recycling and reclaiming. You know. 
Um, I'd, that'd be just like uh, like I had that idea a few years ago. Where I wanted to take a car and just br- drag it into my shop and tear it down and see how much stuff I could get out of it, and how usable stuff, and see what I could make out of it. To just be able to do things like that of just taking this sort of larger scale as an art project. On. You wouldn't, you don't really think you'd be able to get much out of a car, would you? Oh heck yeah! Don't you make all make all sorts oh, of yeah. furniture and stuff, you know. So I mean, yeah, bespoke furniture, not yeah. you know. Again, not something you're not even having to worry about selling it. I mean, you can donate it to. Right. Yeah. You know, That's what I mean. An art project. Yeah. It would, yeah. It would be an art. Art functional art. Yeah. Yeah. You I don't want to make. Yeah, I mean, not. I'm not gonna make sculptures. Like you know, maybe someday because I am. In, I am interested. In, like the the more I've been doing this, the more interested I'm getting into like doing artsy fartsy stuff. But I don't know how much. Like eventually, I'm gonna get to. Uh, it's gotta do something. You know, this can't right. just be pretty. You know what you know? I would love to do. Is to take a tour of all the, kind of like uh, uh, Charlie Kasurik does, where he goes every, he drives around, he visits everybody. I would love to be able to do that. Take that would a be cool. maybe like an do RV. yeah, uh, like a Jacobson. He's got his mobile shop with the mm. wood with the lathe inside, you know. So you can build some kind of a mobile shop, but go travel to visit everybody, do some collabs with everybody in person, you know, where you're not mailing pieces back yeah. and forth. That is cool. Yeah, and in each mm. area, because I've got so much money, find out where the local upcycling or re- reclaimed sources are and make that accessible to our friends in the community. I do like that. I do like the idea of like a big auga horn as I just show up unannounced and be like, we're making something now. <laughs> Don't worry, I, call you, I called your boss already. You got the week off. Yeah. Just kidding, you're fired. But now we're fired. <laughs> not bad. Not Too bad, bad you didn't win that lottery like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta go. <laughs> hmm. So, so we're we're talking about how it would change, um, how it would or wouldn't change what we make, what we used to make things with, um, things like that. But how would it change? your relationship to your family and friends. I mean, are you going to spend even more time now in the shop or are you going to replace the working hours that you would spend away from your friends and family just playing and then actually having more time with your friends and family? Yes, I would. Well, I would, well obviously, I'm not going to work like those guys. <laughs> uh, Jason, if you're listening, I would not be coming back to work. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't come back to work, but I would spend six to eight hours a day in the shop doing what I absolutely love and then guilt-free you know what I mean spending as much time with my kids as I want to you know what I mean like not having to stress about money not having to stress about work and every minute that I'm with them I I can focus 100% on them not say that I'm like you know what I mean shaking in my boots all the time but you know money's always a concern money's always tight but it, it would be nice to not have to stress about that that's for sure what about you guys? Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think that like I'm not money driven. You know, like I have to make money, and so that adds to some of the things I do or things I don't necessarily want to do, but I do them to you know to earn money. Like mm-hmm. uh, like this this little folding table thing I'm gonna make. Tomorrow. I don't want to make that. That's not exciting, but it's you know it's a few hundred bucks towards the bills. So um, I wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? But I don't think other than that, I don't think my life would change all that much because um, I'm I'm more driven by creation like i just have this need to to leave behind stuff after i die that i've made you know focus way Um, focus i don't think the question was would this allow you to would you spend more time in the shop because you've got all this free time now and building whatever the heck you want or would would do you think you would just swap out the time that you have to make money now for fun time and then have more time with your family. You see what I'm saying? Because I think for me, yeah, no, I, it would I think be tough for me not to, to get stay to in the it. shop all day long. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think I'm taking a long way to get to it. That I kind of already have that balance. It's just that some of my shop time isn't necessarily for me, you know. But I'm pretty sure I'd still go there every day. I mean, I, I only go to my shop for like, you know, I'm usually there for about seven hours a day. Right. And uh, but then I'm, you know, I have all this work. I have all this work, but you know, it's not all my time. You know what I mean? Uh, but I have all this work to do at home, like all the computer work and the emails and this and the other thing. And that stuff would be gone, you know. So right. that would be, you know. I mean, I guess, I guess I'd have the accountant to take care of all that stuff, like you mm-hmm. know, as far as all the the, the organizations and the know, lawyer. Like, we already know his right, email address. There'd be, there'd be someone else. Yeah, there'd be someone else to do all that. So, 
you know, that'd be, I'd get like a weekly briefing. Here, so, this is this is this is how much money you lost in your events this month. You know, I'm like, all right. So <laughs> going. what you're saying essentially is that you already are a billionaire because nothing would change for you. I'm saying that I I live my life the same way I would if I was a billionaire. Like a I, candle I've, in the wind. I'm like like a candle in the wind. I'm just not. I don't. I mean, I you know, I wouldn't have to. Maybe I wouldn't. I, you know, I'd be like, all right, I'll just get a new table saw. I'll get a saw stop. Like, that, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I'll get a saw stop. Like, I wouldn't have to worry about that because I could just go out and it'd be things like that, you know. Yeah. And like my truck, I'd be like, you know what? Here, you fix the rust because you're a professional. I'm going to let you do it and pay you to do it. Uh-huh. Like, things like that, you know, but not like I don't. What I want a bigger house for? It's just more to heat, and then it's just like bigger footprint. I don't want, just because I'm rich doesn't mean I want a bigger footprint. I want my footprint to get smaller because I'm rich. I, I'm you, I'm, I'm mostly with you on um, that. I'm yeah. mostly with you on that. Um, I don't think it would change me a whole lot as far as like things that I have. I'd, I'd, I'd get a Harley, and I think I would travel. You know, just but that stuff is going to eventually fade away. You're going to get bored with that. You know what I mean? So you are going to end up back at home in your shop. That's what we're assuming. We're all probably going to take a, a, a vacation, dream vacation with our family and kids, right? You know. Yeah. Given that, but I, I'm with you. I, I don't think I would have to have a new truck and all. You know, a big house or anything like that. Um, Wow, are we different? Yeah, I I'm just serious. I mean, like I would have a Harley. That's that would I would get a nice Harley set up the way I want it. Um, a couple of tools that I don't have that would be nice to have. But for the most part, man, I, I think a yeah. twenty five hundred square foot house would be like a mansion to me. You know? That's, okay, are you yeah. ready? Are you guys sitting down? Here's yeah, yeah, go pretty much. Pretty much everything that says Harbor Freight on it that's in my shop would be replaced by something that says Jet. so here we go uh actually i'm fine with the city house that we have now but we probably move into the city because i don't know better schools maybe i don't know but large country property with acreage and room for like a monster shop then florida condo to fly down to you know you want a little vacay home that's yours a little retreat you know what i mean i always figured if you have that kind of money why do you need to have another property though because there's a lot of there's you could stay at wherever you want because then you don't have to pack when you want to go you just just say with that much money phil you ain't got to pack anyway you just buy when you get there buy what you need you do you you leave it there Do you know what a pain that is to have to go shopping every time you land? I love shopping, though. I love shopping. Nah. I do. Yeah. It's not. I'm, I'm, I can't think past like, oh, well, you just get an RV. <laughs> <laughs> I will teach you guys you? how to spend money by doing it for you. No problem. No, but there's definitely like you can get creative, and I find I think the more the more you have, the more you. Well, maybe not Tim, but I, I don't know. I, you start reading and you start seeing what others in that space are doing and it's very easy to spend money. I, I agree with you. I or think so it's I easy imagine. to spend money, but I th- we're a little bit older than you and I think that makes a difference too. I think I've, I've spent some good amounts of money in my life. You know, I've done that before. I've been in good amounts of debt and paid it off. And, I, I just, and you have kids too, so that's, that's a weird one. There's hmm. a lot of lot, lots of fact room with younger children, I guess. I'm inheriting uh, six of them, with my with my ex-wife and my wife becoming so friendly and and having this amazing relationship with that family and my daughter. So I would include them in all kinds of wonderful, never have to worry about anything ever again type stuff. Um, That's very generous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we plan on doing that anyway. We're I'm retiring, moving to Utah, and we're going to make sure that. That family is not struggling ever. That's wow. my goal in life. Uh, but yeah, it's it's so it's so weird to think of how much it would change you. But then again, is it easy to have this conversation when we don't actually have the experience? Correct. Oh super, yeah, super yeah, easy. Absolutely. Because right? yeah. it could be Phil. Phil would be the philanthropist. He'd give away most of his money. He'd get a small house, and he'd, he'd end up being this like monk. And Tim would be the guy out living in you know New York at the penthouse, you know, knocking knocking on doors with the uh, president. 
Who you talking about? Uh, the ginger Dan Belzerian over there? Yeah. <laughs> no, I would definitely make sure that I never have to like skip a meal, but <laughs> like are I had you, to in my twenties. Are, you, are but, you currently doing that? No, no, but I, I have, and when I was young, I mean. Yeah. You know, as a young college student and stuff, there are definitely days I couldn't. That's why I got a job in a kitchen because I was guaranteed a meal. You know, and that sucked. Like, I would definitely make sure that that wasn't going to happen to to anybody that I know and care about. But that's like, that's like nothing. Like financially, like if you're talking, you know, we're talking about the big windfall. Like, mm-hmm. you you gotta you gotta do more than that. You can't just like stick it in a bunch of mattresses so everybody you know and care about doesn't have to worry about it anymore. You gotta you gotta give it back to the world. You gotta do something. Mm-hmm. With it, you so know? no, I liked your not, I liked your idea of setting people up in different cities. Yeah, right. With some that kind was of cool to, to like because if you if you live and die with a bunch of money, you live and die with a bunch of money. But you can you can leave a legacy behind, and and you know I mean like I try to do that with my work, which has no value, <laughs> which has a smaller legacy. But you know obviously if I if I had like a big injection of cash into that, I would. I would go find everybody that's so much smarter and so much more talented and so much better than me, and I would set them up, and be, and then that would be my legacy is the you know like a teacher right. kind of a thing almost. Here's something well, an endowment of the arts kind of thing. An endowment, yeah, exactly, exactly. But so yeah. so you said something about, and I'm just messing with you, Tim. Uh, uh, setting your friends up, nobody have to be hungry, but are they going to be allowed to eat meat? Of course not. That's like the worst thing for our planet. <laughs> Strings. Well, there is sustainable, there is sustainable um, butchery or whatever you want to call it. There are things that are that people are butchery. doing. It's so expensive though to to buy properly raised and cared for free ranging animals is not sustainable when you're talking about trying to feed seven billion people. We're not. You're talking right. about your friends, the people you mm-hmm. know that are meat eaters. Would you, how would you? It starts with one person. It starts with one person. You need to, you, Gandhi like free to nation you know what i mean like you got to start with one person you can't you can't say well that's for the other people but i can still go out and eat my free range chickens so Tim, you got to put them into small cages that's the way you're going to cram them (laughs) in much more efficient (laughs) it's way better to be able to feed this many people you got to give them some antibiotics you know we you know like like i'll give you the thanksgiving stat my my son and and, uh wife were doing some research and they came up with a stat that was a you know 50 million turkeys are are killed every year for Thanksgiving. And yeah. so if you think about, uh, I don't know if any of you have ever seen a turkey, uh, like or, or experienced like been in like a turkey pen. There was used to be this turkey Hideous that- Hideous animals, yes. Was at the show. Uh, well, yeah, the very, and, and just the amount of poop that one turkey creates in a day, in one day is pretty gross. Times that by 50 million in like a year for however long it takes, you know, for these things. It's just like, just, just the turkey poop involved in Thanksgiving alone is an environmental nightmare of epic proportions. Just and never mind the rest of the industry. That like, that's is the way. I th- the most random thing. Well, like what? What's the ad- environmental catastrophe that is like fifty million loots poops? I mean, like what? What's the, <laughs> what's the correlation there's only, here? There's only one loots, and there's, not, there's more than one. Well, there's seven billion people on the planet. I mean, come on. What, yes, yeah. but but there there wouldn't be fifty million. These fifty million turkeys were created. So what would you do for your for your, grain? What would you do to help to feed meals. the people who eat meat that you care about? Not the world, your environment, your friends, some of the people you know that still like Phil and I. If you wanted to set us up, make sure that we didn't go hungry, you know, and we don't want to quit Bugs. eating meat. Bugs, <laughs> grubs, ants, bugs, high protein. Low footprint. If you need to eat meat, it's all about bugs. So, would you invest your money into something like uh, the Impossible Burger um, or the Beyond Meats that they're coming up with now? Because they are actually coming up with good tasting. Oh, there's all sorts of great stuff out there, sure. But I would that I maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm not eating your bug burgers, Tim. So what about yeah. what about a family farm where it's self-sustaining? It takes care. You know, you're 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 raising the cow, not the cattle. You're raising uh, the the sheep's not a whole herd for the milk and making cheese. Um, you, you you and then you're homesteading and then it's for you. You're not. Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't even have a problem with hunters like hunting. Right. And you know, and for the most part, obviously you have to be controlled because otherwise you end up decimating populations and destroying environments. It's the it's the whole factory farming thing that's like this real glut on the planet. Right. So, so my question uh, was for you said and it's just not efficient. Those you love, those people. you care about, is that what you would do then? Help them homestead. Help them come up with a sustainable way of of just taking care of themselves? 
Uh, probably not. No, I, I, again, I, I'm not looking to save the people I know. I would try to do more. I would try to do better for the planet, not just the people I personally know and like. Hmm. You got to look at a bigger picture. If we all eat bugs, then we can all continue to live and eat bugs. You I don't want I mean? you looking out for all, the big picture. These are horrible we ideas. Can't all eat cows. I, I, I don't just, want him to win the it. money. That's all. I, he's no. happy anyway. He doesn't need yeah. the money. Sorry about this. Yeah. I'll yeah. win the yeah. money and, and give wood. you enough to make cool art. <laughs> yeah. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. Have fun with your bugs. You don't get the money. <laughs> oh, I'm a vegetarian. I'm not eating the bugs. I'm just saying for you meat eaters, you can have uh, all the bugs thanks. you want. Thanks. Yeah. In that case, you can eat all rotten lettuce. But uh, <laughs> all the lettuce is rotten right now. Did you hear that romaine scare that's going around? Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, another, another uh, E. coli outbreak in a romaine. Yeah, not where so do you think safe that, where, do you think that, where do you think that E. coli came from? Broccoli. The poop. Right. The poop. Of the animals that are being farmed in neighboring lands, cockroaches. That's from where the bugs did it. Oh. Algae. It's from the. It's from the Al- animal. It's poop. bad algae. Yeah. Yeah. The bad cows. The thing. cows are eating bad vegetables, and therefore they're pooping out <laughs> E. coli. Where do you think mad cow disease comes from? They're mad because they don't get to have burgers too. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's where it comes from. <laughs> Everybody knows that. All right, Phil. Do you have, do you have the iTunes reviews up? Timothy, I certainly do. Thank you for asking. Because I think I think we've exhausted this. I think this yes, conversation indeed devolved uh, this. I think okay. would be better. We have it. two iTunes review reviews, uh, and they are both international, which is why I'm reading them. I only want the American reviews. Oh, in that case, let's fast forward through this part. <laughs> this one uh, is from Norway, which we we seem to have a significant uh, you know listenership from. Nice, nice country. Uh, this person, a lot of vegetarians in Norway. Why are you always bragging? Um, no, not, you go to Lillehammer; they have one of the best steakhouses in the in the world. Well, you know, yeah, one of. For now. Okay. <laughs> Pipe down, non-winner. Uh, this one is by A. Molstadt, and the title is "No More Guilt." Thank you for making me feel bad for not leaving a review before. At least this Christmas, <laughs> I can have a clear conscience. Conscience. As Phil would say, this is a tremendous podcast with golden nuggets about making stuff sprinkled in here and there. Great trio with a continuous banter that just doesn't stop. You sound like an Irish Catholic Jew and an agnostic married couple. Be good <laughs> or don't. <laughs> so I love Norway is my favorite country now. They're, they're pretty good peeps. And then this one is from the UK by Timbo Gringo, which I guess is a funny way of saying Tim Green. Uh, title is Long Drives, and the review goes as such. Before I found Reclaimed Audio, my drives to work were filled with road noise and silence, rather than <laughs> woodworking tips, reclaiming advice, and the chemistry between the three hosts. Oh, how I miss the road noise and silence. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, Timbo. Yeah. Oh, so, Timbo, Greenbo, Kulo. Some, some funny international peeps. I love to imagine a world where like your only audio options are us or nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could either... Uh, yeah, I'd go with the nothing. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't even have a radio on my truck. It's been fine, but <laughs> that's me. Maybe I'd put a radio on my truck. Well, if I won the, if if I won you'd the splurge and do that, maybe put in something with Bluetooth in there. That'd be nice. What yeah, would you say grabbed your attention this week, Tim Sway? Um, can I want you to go first, Phil, because I might have stolen yours. And if I did, I have another one. Okay. Uh, I watched a bunch of welding videos. I watched some some Chucky 2009 and the welder's tips and tricks thingy or whatever. But mostly mm. I watched Chucky's uh, like half an hour long videos on getting into welding. Mm. So that was fun. Lance okay. is a good dude. Yeah, I like him. He's real down to earth and he just he's very chill. But he gives you like the straight dirt about stuff. He's like, if everyone told you this, trust me, it's this. You know, and I would. Hmm. He had a uh, a video of when Jimmy happened to be passing through, uh, one time and stopped by his house, and they talked a little bit and then shot a shotgun. It was just this odd thing of 
he was all excited. Jimmy Teresta's coming to my house. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Where's he from? I can't pinpoint his accent. He's Midwest somewhere. I don't. I, I don't know. It's definitely he's like, he's like flat got, land. Like, Southern surfer. That's the accent. <laughs> he looks like a Southern surfer too. <laughs> you know, so that's the that's what I get. Like California mixed with like Tennessee or something. He's. You know what's funny is. Uh, He's been doing this for a long time now. I think he was actually still in or just graduated from school. So he's the real deal. He went to welding school. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. a certified, legit dude. And then he started doing these YouTube videos pretty early on. I feel and, like since uh, 2009. Could very well be. Sounds uh, about I, right. So yeah. Like nine years. Yeah, which is so, like you know generations. Yeah, on yeah, YouTube. yeah, yeah. So he was yeah. so young. I'm pretty sure he wasn't 21 when he started making videos. And I know he's a young guy. And I, I follow him not religiously, but you know, it's like, oh wow, he's got all this new equipment. Oh wow, he just bought his own house. Oh wow, he's he started this business. And, and so it's mm. it's really cool to to see that. But yeah, good. If you're gonna watch welding videos, you couldn't do any better. You couldn't. Yeah, like yeah, I haven't I haven't seen any of his videos in a couple of years, but he's been on forever. I remember seeing like when I started doing this stuff, and I've been on for a half of forever, you know. Hmm. And uh, he was one of these; he would always pop up as the recommended, and I used to watch him and stuff back then. But I just sort of, you know, there's just so much stuff. There's just so much stuff you can't watch yeah. it all anymore. Yeah, yeah, so. he was definitely a, a like a pioneer of yes. sorts in that in the the maker kind of video you know more like the vlog style mm-hmm. a lot of them you know just the, the talkies you know and stuff i enjoy him he's got he's yeah. got good charisma what about good uh, personality yeah what about you bill what are you watching or what grabbed your attention i think what grabbed my attention this week is uh you know it's been popping up on my instagram feed like crazy now is uh uh Resta west coast they're not ma- he, really? matt matt's not making any videos but he's showing just a lot of the, the, the work he's been doing lately. Um, big time. So it's it's neat to see that they're keeping busy, him and his dad down there. Like I said, I missed the videos, but um, definitely some of the furniture designs he's coming up with. You can see he's another one that you can see the progression of, of you know, they were making some pretty standard benches and tables, and he's doing these elaborate beds and consoles and all kinds of neat builds and stuff now. But it's good. I'm glad to... Matt Matt was uh, laying low for a while. I don't know what they were just catching up, catching their breath because I know they had to move their shop, things like that. But yeah, so yeah, that's I'm like, wow, go Matt. Yeah, Matty D, nice work. Yeah, Tim. Um, what was the one you thought I, I was going to steal? I forget who said it, but based out of last week's conversation, we were talking about the um, uh, the biscuit joiner. Mm-hmm. And you guys were ragging on the biscuit joiner. Yeah. And do you remember who? Do you remember who wrote the message on Facebook that said that you 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 can't talk smack about a biscuit joiner until you've seen uh, Mike Farrington? I do Mike remember. Farrington. Hold on. Yeah. No, that was, was no, that was the the video the to watch. The guy yeah. who yeah, said Mike something Farrington. was uh, was it Nick? Uh, Nick, not Nick. You keep talking. I'll find him. Yeah. Um. But so uh, Mike Farrington, I I went and uh so I clicked on one of those videos and he has all these like modified biscuit joiners that do like other things that are like like uh i i didn't i i didn't do the research i mean i just watched like two videos i was like oh wow beautiful shop you know skilled cabinet maker guy but he has like besides the biscuit joiners he has these it's like a biscuit joiner that makes like two dowel holes or, or rather the um you know like the ikea style adjustable shelf pins yeah it's, it's a, like it's set the up triton to do that is that what that is a triton thing it's a triton it makes three holes and it kind of competes with the domino so it's a doweler. Okay. But it's a power yeah. doweler. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he had, and then, uh, and then he was doing like, uh, geez, he put the, on the, you know, the edge plywood with like real wood, right? Yep. Um, you know, the, along the front, you know, instead of a veneer. Uh, and he was using his biscuit joiner to cut the ends off of the, uh, of the, cause he, you know, if, say if the, the piece of wood's four foot long, it was, mm-hmm. you know, four foot one inches or four foot two inches that, you know, he cut these fronts and then he would just use this and do a flush cut huh. with his biscuit joiner. And it was like perfect. It was wow. like I was like, yeah. I was like, I guess you could do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, so I watched a couple of Mike Farrington videos. Because it really is. Good. At the end of the day, it's like a four and a half inch circular saw. Yeah. Yeah. That you can only access two inches of. But, right. You know. Uh, it was Nestle Heine, by the way. Nestle oh, Heine. Yes. That's who it was. 
young man of, of uh, acclaim. You know, you know uh, something else I'd like to mention that caught my attention is the amount of people who not only knew what a pair of aviation twist pliers were, Dear but, God. but yes. let us know what those were. So for the 57 people that either private messaged us or went to our Facebook or went to our website and, and let us know what those pliers... So to let everybody else know, the pliers I was talking about, aviation twist pliers, they're used to wire together and lock in place bolts and pieces and parts that would otherwise vibrate apart while in flight. And Lord knows nobody wants that. So thank you, everybody. Everybody. We, we made a... Um a headboard we took apart that plane on the tv show i did a few years ago yeah. and we made a headboard out of like the tail section and inside that because there's like there's moving parts back there on the right. back of the, the rudders i don't know what the hell they're called but um and it's all cables it just it was basically just this like hollow aluminum tube of this i mean it's not even 16th inch thick aluminum that aircraft cradle is so th paper thin you can rip it with your hands practically very thin you know um like sort of bent like you would uh like corrugate you know pieces inside of to, to create the structure mm -hmm. and all just cables and so you look down there's just like a dozen cables you know going back and forth and all under tension and they were all tied up that way mm. uh, with those things but i didn't know what it was you know what i mean we were just we were just cutting cables because we weren't trying to make it fly but uh yeah there's so many cables in those planes that just that's what moves all the like on the light aircraft that's what moves all the wings and mm -hmm. well th this and was stuff. showing how like a like a cotter pin would lock a a bolt um they use that wire to where you can get three or four screws to, if you screw, I, I'm assuming that you would start over here, and it's also a way to let you know that if somebody has taken that screw off, because the wire will be kind of like a safety seal, almost. Right. Hmm. Right. Now we're going to get 60 more iterations of no. Both you and Tim are wrong about what to use it yeah. for. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because there were like pulleys everywhere, because they had to change directions and stuff, and there were all these cables, and they were all tied up. I mean, when I did the uh, the marimba. I use the things that you get at the hardware store that you would like crimp on, right? Uh, you know, to, to lock the cables. But yeah. like, I don't think I'd like that's different. You know what I mean? Like, you can't trust a, uh, you mm. know, like an airplane, like, no, to like a crimped on cable connection. Well, it's it's yeah. Again, it's much more for the nuts and bolts, Tim. If you if you're putting a screw and a nut together, you you pass this wire through it. So when you tighten it down, it acts like a lock washer. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like the cables went through, and then there was like that thing on there. It was like the it was like locking the cables together. That's you guys are talking about two different things because yeah. Bill used it to, to do um, to do yeah. steel wire behind a painting or whatever. Yeah. But Bill's talking about something totally different now. Okay. Yeah, because this when you pull on it, it actually spins it and makes it right. So they use that to run yeah. run through one thing, and then let's say it's the series on the head of the engine, right? The, so the head bolts. So now they take that mm -hmm. twisted wire, and they incorporate it, and they wrap it around all these screws. Then they torque it down, and it acts like a lock washer, so it won't spin out. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Okay. That's what it's used yeah, for. Yeah, because there's so much vibration. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Anyway. Our channels on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm Phil Pinsky. You Check out five William. Like, Ding! Wrong. Waiting for the text to come in. <laughs> Check out WilliamLutz.com. Check out TimSway.net. And if you have some time, check out NewPerspectiveMusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback on very obscure tools. Uh, <laughs> info at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter. We love hearing from you guys. We really do. And we appreciate the iTunes reviews. We appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the Instagram messages, the Facebook messenger messages. We love all that stuff. We really, really do. So keep it coming, and uh, and thank you for that. On iTunes, leave us those reviews. They are so important in getting more people listening to the podcast. I've left a button on our website, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, to make that really easy for you guys. And patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio. There's also a link on our website to that support page. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate your support. It's what really makes all of this possible uh, for us to continue doing this week in, week out, while we're on the road, while we're at home. Just keep bringing you some, I don't want to say high quality, but certainly quality content. Certainly content. How about we just say content? Yeah. Just, we, we are producing content. Yes. There's an hour of noise that you can listen to. Road Instead noise. of road noise. Yeah. 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 Did you tell them about the authentic experience that they can have? Yes. 
should you wish to uh, get a little bit more of a raw, under the hood feel for these three jokers, uh, with even a dollar Patreon support, you get access to the pre-show, in which we figure out what it is that we're going to do week in week out, and and you get to hear us clap. <laughs> You do. He's not lying. He's not lying. Bonus. Yeah. Yep. Bonus. Yeah. It's an authentic, behind-the-scenes podcasting experience. It's genuine. Yeah. No edits. Yeah. It starts with a clap, and it ends with a groan. So usually. <laughs> and on that terrific note, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate everything, and uh, we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Be good. <laughs>